This is GKW. Welcome to another edition of Good Karma Wrestling. I'm Gabe Neitzel from ESPN Milwaukee. With me, as always, from ESPN in West Palm. Check him out. He is Brian Rowitz. And you can check him out, ESPN 1000 in Chicago, Jonathan Hood. Also, don't forget to check out Jay Hood Sunday mornings with Busted Open Radio. If you happen to have a SiriusXM subscription, 9A to 12P Eastern every Sunday uh, Jonathan Hood is on Busted Open. Uh, speaking of weekends, last weekend we had a premium live event down in Perth, Australia. We saw the Elimination Chamber for WWE, their last premium live event on the road to WrestleMania. A couple of Elimination Chamber events on the men's and women's side, a couple of other matches in there as well. Simple question to start it off Who was the MVP of the Elimination Chamber? You know, there's a lot of answers to that question, but I'll just offer first Tiffany Stratton. We'll just start with her. Okay. Because that's not what we expected, guys, and that's really the essence of what we are as wrestling fans. We're looking for the unexpected. I can go chalk and give you Rhea Ripley, but I'm going to go to Tiffany Stratton because I think the three of us were impressed with her when we first saw her in the Royal Rumble. We know that uh, toward the end of her tenure at NXT was pretty solid. And you look at the entire package, guys, bro, it's you see her and you see a Barbie doll. And you don't think much when you see her, right? Like, oh, she looks great. She's a complete package, but can she go? Yes, she can. And so I think that the takeaway from the women's elimination chamber match was, boy, she looks great, but boy, she could turn on just like that. And that brings a whole different set of skills that we didn't know that she could really do on that level. And she was able to really come through, even though she was not in the finals. Yeah, that's the thing. I had the exact same thought. I thought it was Tiffany Stratton also. And it's funny because watching it live, I left that paper saying, wow, she's a star. I want her on WrestleMania. And then when putting together notes, looking at it, I don't even remember that she was the second one eliminated in that match. I was like, whoa, she wasn't in that longer? Like, I didn't remember until literally last night putting together notes for this show. I'm like, oh, that was fast. She is a star. They need to push her to the moon. The women's division is hotter than maybe it's ever been in the WWE. They need to find a spot for her because it is damn impressive what she did this past weekend. Well, when it became Tiffy time, again, she was the first one to come in after you had um, Naomi and, and Becky Lynch. She saved the match. Like, for whatever yeah. reason, something was off. I, I don't know what it was with, with Naomi and Becky. Like, just the timing was off. It just didn't really seem to get going. And then Tiffany came in and everything kind of fell back into place. So I, certainly for the women's, I, I, I would say she, yes, absolutely an MVP. I don't know where her place is for this WrestleMania. I don't, I don't know if she has a place in this WrestleMania unless she finds herself a tag team partner, which to me would be pointless and they get something something going with her in the tag team because we already have our championship matches and right. usually outside of those championship matches there isn't much of a showcase for the women unless we get something for the women's tag team and so i don't know unless we do some sort of equivalent of of the andre battle royal or if they try to do something where they can do a number one contender match i don't know but it just would not seem to me that she's got a spot on this wrestlemania card can i offer you tiffany stratton versus naomi Sure, uh, because it's was much that pre-show one or night two. You got two full nights of eighteen hours of wrestling. You can find a spot for more women's matches, especially the way they are right now. Yeah, well, and, look, and, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just telling you the way it's going to play out. I know. Yeah, but but Gabe, I guess to to uh, Brolis's point, 
you know, if you're trying to build on something with Tiffany Stratton, then then here you are. You take on a veteran like Naomi. I'm not saying that Naomi is someone that you push over, but I mean, you could just tell that Tiffany Stratton is on her way um, in a great way. I would say my second choice would be Rhea Ripley. We knew that it's her country. She's in Perth, Australia. She's in the main event against Nia Jax. Guys, let me just tell you. That is the best Nia match, Jax. Yep, 100%. 100%. And give Rhea Ripley credit, but give Nia Jax credit as yes. well. It wasn't just because they had time. It's because the story was built, and, and Nia Jax was built as a powerhouse. Could it be that she could be able to win against Rhea Ripley? It had that Hogan-Bundy effect from, like, WrestleMania two, right? Big opponent, and here's Rhea Ripley kind of a, a definitely a baby face in her own home country, and she's trying to fight from underneath against Nia Jax. That was a hell of a main event, but it said more for Nia Jax moving forward as a heel as much as it was for Rhea Ripley winning that match and being in the main event. Yeah, Nia Jax deserves so much credit for the way she has improved. Like, she's one of the people that when she got cut, everyone's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Like, you know, she's only there because of Dwayne. It's the only reason she's there. She has improved so much and is so much better in the ring and just watchable and entertaining. And her is this dominant heel. I didn't know she had this side. And maybe it's just us wanting that instant, like, oh, we got to see something. It is impressive to where you can sit back and say Nia Jax main event in a pay-per-view, and it made sense. Yeah, and more than just because they were in, I mean, tip of the cap to WWE for finally figuring it out. Hey, when you're in that person's home country and they're a big attraction, put them in the main event. Like, oh, it's okay. it's not that hard to figure out where they haven't always done that in the past. But, uh, yeah, she was, she was fantastic. Tip of the cap to her. I mean, I had also Rhea as my number two, but my MVP of, of Elimination Chamber was Logan Paul. Like, okay. Because, I mean, Logan, he delivered in the match, you know, and, and did a truck. Like, him selling the RKO was fantastic. Yep. Like, he's got, and, and the camera work on that. He's got the brass knucks. He's got it, his fist raised in the air. He's ready to go. And all of a sudden, RKO out of nowhere, right? And the way he stole that, he's just laying there. He might as well have been dead, right? Yeah. Like, he was just, he was not moving. He was eating the pin. But then he comes back and then, you know, is able to knock out Randy Orton. But also... The, the the Sharpie skill inside the pot was tremendous. Like him being able to draw the devil horns and get in there. Kevin sucks, but he's writing it backwards. So the camera actually picks it up. Like th this guy just gets it. We talk yeah. about it every time we get any sort of extended action, extended time of Logan Paul. This is a guy who gets it. He gets professional wrestling. He understands the assignment. And every time he steps into that ring, he ends up delivering. So Logan Paul, to me, was my MVP of the Elimination Chamber. And also you need to check out, you mentioned the writing in the pod. That's something we didn't see until social media. Also going around, WWE tweeted out today, he's laying on the outside after that RKO selling a back injury. He's like, I can't move my back. Like, I can't move. I can't move. And then he pops up to cost Orton. But, like, that just goes to show what an asshole he is, like what a heel he is. Like, it is perfect. He is so damn good at this. And this sets up what I think should be a match, and that's Randy Orton against Logan Paul. Yep. That sets up that match. And by the way, guys, I'll call it now. If that's a match setting up for WrestleMania, that could steal one of the nights. Yep. It, it, could, it could be that silky smooth between the two. We say this all the time. And I know that the old heads, you know, the, those that were in wrestling for years and years and years, they are pulling their hair out. How can Logan Paul be this good now? Okay. How is this happening, right? But he is that good. And so if you get that against Randy Orton, Logan Paul against Orton, that could be a really, really good match at WrestleMania. No, it steals the show. 
Oh, like it did the both nights. Like if they end up doing it and ends up stealing the show, like both nights. It's I think I think, Cody, I think Cody would like to have a word. Uh, I mean, I mean, Cody would like to have a word with a lot of people, including The Rock. Like, yeah. go ahead, just go ahead, have have your word. Like, Cody's not going to deliver. We know whatever that match is going to be. That's not going to be a match that's stealing the show. That's no. going to be an overbooked mess. <laughs> like, that's just the way bloodline matches are. I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad thing. But that's just the way every bloodline match ends up working. And especially when you get more and more people involved, assuming that Cody continues to build up his team outside of just Seth Rollins, who was inexplicably absent on Monday, despite saying that he was always going to have Cody's back. And then he just watched Cody take out three police officers for some reason. I, I'm not quite sure why, what that was all about, but I digress. Um, I'll, I'll, but yeah, hold you, no. I'll, I'll, I'll hold you to that, by the way, that I, I'm suggesting that match and you're saying that between night one and night two, that'll be the biggest yeah. thing we see at WrestleMania. Okay. I'll, I'll be, no, right. I'm not saying it's the biggest thing. I'm saying <laughs> yeah. it's stealing the show. I'm saying okay. it's the best. Like when I think of stealing the show, I think of the best match. That's usually like a mid card match. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, so like the one of the things that I think of, and, and Randy Orton's probably done this almost more than anybody when he's not been in the main events. But I think of him versus Seth Rollins in at WrestleMania when he did the RKO and Seth goes for the stomp. He does the RKO off that when 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 uh, uh, Seth ended up cashing in. I think of him and CM Punk, which was like the only good match of WrestleMania 27. Like Randy Orton has a propensity to actually go in not main events and come away with the best match of WrestleMania. It's not the biggest thing. It's not the biggest story, but it's going to be the best match of WrestleMania. Okay. Uh, uh, we'll see about that. I think, I think, I think it should be, I think you could be very solid. I think the women will also have something to say about that. And by the way, that is really the essence of Rus- of WrestleMania. I mean, it's your, it's your platform and under triple H, you got plenty of time. They'll have their, their, you know, their best uh, seven matches for two nights and, uh, and, and they'll, and they'll go on from there. So we'll see. Yeah. Any other nominations for Elimination Chamber MVP? Anybody else that really impressed you? I match wise, I have to mention like the tag team title match was entertaining. Like yeah, was I don't good. know if it just went in with low expectations, but Judgment Day versus Butch or Pete Dunn, whatever you want to call him, and Tyler Bate. Like I thought that <laughs> match delivered, which was unexpected from that night. Yeah, part part of the issue is you don't know what to call him, right? Like there's still some confusion over over what we're calling him at this point. Um, but yes. The, the the problem is the name of that team, New Catch Republic, because that just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> unless, unless, Gabe, unless the logo for them is a fish with a hook in his mouth. Oh, that, okay. That's the only way that works. As, as you and I, as Midwesterners, I think that we can get into the fish with the hook in his mouth. Oh, yeah. Uh, for New Catch Republic. Can you then add Bobby Fish to that? That works out nicely. Where's the lie? <laughs> Hello. Hello. <laughs> Anyone home? And oh. I guess one other little thing is that we actually got news and something interesting out of the Grayson Waller effect for once. I mean, Cody said, "Hey, Rock, anytime." I I, I didn't think I, I didn't think there was going to be much out of there, and then you got that from Cody saying. I'm ready to take on The Rock. And then Seth saying that he's going to be medically cleared. So you actually got something out of that segment, which I didn't think was going to be much of anything. Pretty cool. Well, but then but then he turned around on Monday and said, maybe I'll be medically cleared, maybe I won't, in his promo yeah. with Drew McIntyre. Yeah. So, <laughs> right. who knows? Who I don't knows they know Seth. at this point. Like, well, do they the, know if he's cleared? 
Well, again, I guess the, the, the thing you point to with the promo is he, he hinted at being cleared soon at, during the Grayson Waller effect. Um, but again, the, the whole thing was filled with ambiguity because right. when, when, when is the Rock, we're, we're going to put Rock on SmackDown and he's going to wrestle a match on SmackDown against Cody Rhodes? Is that, is that kind of the thought that we're going to have those two? Or is it going to be after WrestleMania? Because you can throw out the challenge to the Rock, and I know he's going to respond tomorrow night on SmackDown, and the Rock is going to be around for a few weeks. But like, what are we, what are we going to do? <laughs> on, on X, uh, you could watch our shows and a lot of the, lot of the platforms for good karma brands. Jimmy says, "I bought a Batman NFT of Jake Paul. Let's go, Rock. Do you smell me, son? I don't think that that's how Rock says it. I don't think he's no. still. Do you smell me, son?" That 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 be. I don't think that's what the Rock says, but I understand the point, sir. Do you smell me, son? New Age Rock. Yeah, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that's pretty good. I don't, don't think that was one of the catchphrases he uh, <laughs> trademarked, you know, recently here. But I, I digress. We'll get to that in a little bit. Still, plenty of other things going on in the world of professional wrestling. So many great things to get to. We'll get to it right now in something we call the three counts. The other top three stories in the world of pro wrestling. Brian, what do we got at number one? We have ourselves another pay-per-view this weekend. Sunday night from Greensboro to AEW Revolution. Nine announced matches so far. Six of them are title matches. So we'd like to go this route. How many title changes do we see at AEW Revolution? <sighs> I think we only see one. Okay. I think it's the tag match. So I if you want from Bet Online, the tag match, Sting and Darby, and then Orange Cassidy, those are the only champions that are underdogs in their matches. I mean, I, I just I guess I'm not ready for Orange Cassidy to lose to the Undisputed Kingdom. I just I'm not I'm not into the Undisputed <laughs> Kingdom. I'm, I'm all the way out. <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. The title matches, by the way. So you have the tag title, Sting and Darby defending against the Young Bucks. Samoa Joe defends the world title against Hangman and Swerve. Cassidy defends the international title against Roderick Strong. Tony Storm defends the women's title against Deanna Perrazzo. The Continental Crown is on the line. Eddie Kingston versus Brian Danielson. And Christian defends the TNT title against Daniel Garcia. See, I was going Danielson in that spot, but then we saw Dynamite from uh, Huntsville, Alabama, and that Eddie Kingston ate the pin in that yeah. sixth man. I'm like, ooh. Well, wait a minute now. Like, Danielson's going to be retiring soon. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a good match. Does Danielson have to take the fall and shake the hand of Eddie Kingston? What is that? Like, I, I don't. That's supposed to elevate, elevate Eddie. I, I, I... <laughs> no. I, 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 and then, know. and then again, we ended we ended Dynamite last night with Brian Danielson kicking, you know, Eddie Kingston's hero between the legs. You know, so that would that would lead me to believe that Brian Danielson is going to get his comeuppance and Eddie Kingston is going to beat him on Sunday night. See, that was my best bet, Gabe. But then, Brian, I look at this and it's kind of like, okay. I mean, if Roderick Strong beats Orange Cassidy, that's not necessarily the worst thing in the world because someone needs a push here in AEW. We just talked about this. Somebody needs something. I I like Strong and Taven and Bennett together, but – Without a championship or being serious in the title picture, then it's just another faction, which is a million of those in AEW. Right. <laughs> so, if, if, or, if, by the way, if OC loses, no shade off OC. He's still yeah, giving yeah. you bangers with or without the championship. He's still, like, uh, appa- apparently highly rated because he gets a lot of the top-of-the-hour matches mm-hmm. or he gets long matches. So, 
Roderick Strong with the international championship would not be – it'd be fine for me. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I think that one, you had the title change. I think the tag titles also, like we've talked about, where Sting goes out on his back. The other one I was probably going to go, Gabe, I think Joe drops the title. I think this is Swerve's night. Like, Swerve is so hot right now, and they've missed the boat so many times on so many wrestlers when they are so hot. It's like, well, let's take a few weeks off. Put the belt on Swerve, and let's go. Let's ride that train right now. Not a chance. No? <laughs> Not a chance. No. Listen, like, that is Swerve's chance. Hangman's eating the pin from Joe. Like, what are we what are we even doing here? No, he's eating the pin. He's eating the pin from Joe. That's that's the way this thing's ending. That's how the way you protect Swerve. He can keep going, and him and Hangman can do going their fight where if he's not going to win. Where is he going? This is we get Wembley. It's Swerve and it's Osprey for the title. Send me on that path right now. Ooh, that sounds good to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's rich. I like that. Yes. I got no problem with that. But uh, okay, just so on the surface. Can we, the three of us and, and have we brought this up as a topic of whether or not Samoa Joe has done anything for you as champion? I mean, transitional champ Samoa Joe don't like that, don't like that. Right. But then again, what about the banger matches? Like, I didn't expect to see Samoa Joe every week in the ring as heavyweight champion. Looks good in the suit. Uh, top uh, uh, ten out of ten for a promo. Does a lot of talking though. All right, not a lot of actually a lot of talking. And so, I would imagine that Joe finds a way to survive this. But I like to see a little bit more in ring from Samoa Joe too. If he gets out of this, uh, again, great promo. But let's see a little bit more action against this large roster AEW has to offer. Has the AEW Championship weighed down just about everybody who's had it? It's starting to feel like that. Like I had to look it up because I don't remember. It's been two months as champion. He's been in the ring wrestling twice since then. The Hook main event and that six man what was that last week. Yeah. And that's it. Those are the only matches he's wrestled in two yeah, well, months. Again, I mean, he's he's a guy with – and I love Samoa Joe. I was rooting yeah, for Samoa uh-huh. Joe to be champ. I was expecting more out of this. I was expecting more out of the MJF run. I was expecting more out of the Hangman run. I was expecting more out of the Omega run. I was expecting more out of the CM Punk run. Now, like, granted, the CM Punk stuff was yeah. – a lot of that's injury-related. But, like, it just seems like ever since they've kind of turned the page off the early champs, Moxley, Jericho, et cetera – like, it just seems like it's kind of weighted down. I'm like, okay, I'm waiting for something. It just hasn't popped and clicked. And we, when we talk about the growth of AEW, like, that's that's a big reason. Sure. Like, whoever becomes champion, we get it exci- we get excited for. And I, I mean, look, if, if Swerve, if they put it on Swerve on Sunday night, like, nobody's going to complain about that. He's clearly super over. And everywhere he goes, he yells, whose house? Everybody jumps out of their chair to yell at Swerve's house. But, like, to me... Then if if the ultimate plan is Swerve, Osprey, Wembley, yeah, that's a banger. But it's just gonna drag ass until we get there. Right. Like it just seems like that championship, for whatever reason, just they, they cannot figure out a way to get a champion hot. They can get the chase for the championship hot. They've done that a couple of times, but they cannot actually heat up and keep hot the actual championship and the top thing in the promotion. See, if AEW is trying to slow play it like WWE does, there's a big difference between Roman Reigns and Samoa Joe. There's a big difference between the two because with Roman, guys, it's a story built around it. It's the bloodline. It's and all these different tentacles around the bloodline where you do, do see Roman. Yeah, he's not wrestling every week on Raw and SmackDown, but every other week you see him in a promo or you see him on social media. With Joe... 
not visible enough for me as heavyweight champion. Just not. Sure. Not visible. I mean, coming down to the ring to do commentary for one match, you see him every now and then. You mentioned he's only been in the ring twice since he's been champion. Look, I'm not looking for, like, this workhorse champion like Orange Cassidy, but he's the heavyweight champion, damn it. I mean, he should. He's, he's supposed to be the, the hood ornament of your organization. And actually, honest to God, it's more Orange Cassidy, more of that in that role, than yes. Samoa Joe. Well, you, I think you just hit the nail on the head. I think I just, I think I just figured it out. Whoever they put the AEW championship on, and I think they have this problem as well with the AEW Women's Championship. Like you don't see him enough. Like I know Tony Storm's the champion right now, but like in, in past Women's Champions, you just don't see him enough. They're not on TV. It was the same thing with MJF. Like MJF wasn't a consistent presence really until he did the the best friends angle with. Adam Cole, which then became a not great angle with the devil, but like MJF was just missing from my television. He, you need to have some sort of constant presence and whether it's been a good presence or not with Roman Reigns, he's at least had representation. So you are, you're always reminded of, Hey, these are the champions minions. Roman's still the champ on SmackDown. Like even when he goes on his hiatus, like there's still that presence Sometimes it's been good. Sometimes it hasn't been good. But yet, but there'll be times where you're like, oh yeah, that's right, Samoa Joe's champ. Oh yeah, I guess you know Hukaru Shida's the women's champ. Yeah. It, it, there's just not that. There's not enough presence from those top two champions from AEW. Could it be as simple as just having to do with their pay per view schedule? Like when you have the two to three months, and that might be changed. And Tony said we might have nine to ten a year now, where they don't want to have you know a match before the pay per view. So maybe that is as simple as that. Like they're trying to build towards March, so therefore they're not going to give them every week. Like we got the hook thing, which we all agreed was awesome for both those guys, but maybe it's as simple as that. You know, I had to go back to the back in the day with this guys because with Hogan and Flair, I'll use those guys because those were the champions back then. I mean, it wasn't a, a regular pay per view schedule for Hogan back then, but Hogan was always involved in something, right? Right. And he's in a Piper's pit, and there he is in an interview, and there he was. And he may not have wrestled every week, but you did see him. At least he was visible. You knew who the champion was, right? But you saw, but really the TV was built around the contenders for Hogan's championship. Ric Flair, every week, suit, heavyweight championship around his, his waist or on his shoulder. And Flair would talk it and just like, hey, man, I'm wrestling. I'm the champion. You got to come beat me. Let's take a look at all the challengers. So in that same vein, even though Samoa Joe or Roman Reigns aren't wrestling every week, You've got to be visible. You've got to keep reminding the audience. And this is why WWE does this so well more than anybody else. Gabe, you've got to remind the audience, this is the man. The reason why you watch is not just because of wrestling and because of the great matches. It's because everyone wants that, the heavyweight championship. The whole centerpiece is around the heavyweight championship. And if you don't see the heavyweight champion, people will tune in and be like, hey, who's the champion? I never right. see him on TV. Hey. And maybe that pay-per-view schedule is part of the issue. I think that's a good point, Brian, because I, I think after Joe won it at the end of December, right. like I would say January, January felt like a pretty good month for Samoa Joe. He was present. Like it seemed like the challengers were stacking up like, oh, Joe, oh, maybe Joe goes up against Wardlow. Maybe it's Swerve. Maybe it's Hangman. Hook comes out of nowhere. And these people were coming out of the woodwork to be like, oh, we're going to, but then they settled in at the end of January 
okay, so now it's going to be Swerve and Hangman. So now we've kind of had this month knowing that those were kind of going to be the two or one of the two or whatever. And Joe's almost taken a backseat to the rival, the fight forever rivalry that Hangman Adam Page and, and Swerve have kind of picked up. So over the last month, we just haven't gotten enough Samoa Joe. Right, that's the thing. Like, he's a forgotten man in this three-way. Like we're more into Swerve and Hangman in that story. That's And, and that's fair. But hey, uh, we go back to this again. You've got TV. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got five hours. <laughs> you got plenty of time to put Joe on once a month, at the very least, once a month or a couple of times a month. On a, Say, for instance, he comes to ROH. Hey, I'm not going to get that honor club. Oh, Samoa Joe's taking on who? Hmm, maybe I'll just consider it for once at once. Hey, he's going to be on Dynamite. Hey, listen, that's they have so many people that Joe could take on to build Joe up as a wrestler. Again, he doesn't have to be out there like Orange Cassidy every week and be a workhorse. But you, if you're not on pay-per-view, Brian, you still have platforms to go on. Hey, right. you, you think Rampage could use a boost? Right. And that's <laughs> the thing. Like, just him with a mic in his hand is okay. Like, just give him a mic and let him go. Like, we know what he can oh, do on the mic also. Like, let that happen. And it's weird seeing some of the comments right now of, People saying, like, the Joe issue. Fletch knows sports. Samoa Joe is the best AEW can do as their champ. Have to change titles. Uh, Dan on YouTube saying, Joe is so washed. Can't believe he's the best AEW has to offer his champ. Like, the, well, not- yeah, the guy was semi-retired because he had injuries. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, Joe can still go. Like, if if you think Joe, if you think Samoa Joe is washed as a wrestler, then you haven't watched the product. Right. Like, you just but that's you, you haven't seen him watching in the AEW. Ring. You don't have a reason to know that Joe is what Joe is. What well, we know Joe can do, they haven't shown him. Or if you haven't watched AEW, last time you saw him, he was in a poncho at WrestleMania as a cop. <laughs> Which then- was mentioned last night. <laughs> yes. Yes. Which was a hell of a line, by the way. Yes. <laughs> it's a great line. But but great line. But again, if you haven't watched AEW, you say, oh, Joe's washed. It's because Vince didn't want to use Samoa Joe because Vince is a body guy. And he's right. like, I can never put that guy on my TV. Let him talk. That's that the, he was healthy. They wouldn't utilize him. But Triple H now, if Tri- if Samoa Joe's in WWE, you would see Samoa Joe against Bronson Reed. You'd see he's uh, or, or oh, somehow yeah. somehow Joe will be involved in the bloodline. Somehow someone what we saw oh, yeah. we saw that. I don't know if Hunter like convinced him, but that was when when Joe was on commentary and he was healthy and they were just using him for commentary, like and then he left for like a month and then he came back, he went to NXT because Hunter was like, Hell yeah, right. let me use this guy. So to that point, like yes, Hunter would a hundred percent use Samoa Joe in some form or fashion on I mean, on WWE Joe in a Triple H WWE, I wouldn't rule out him versus Roman main eventing a show and Joe potentially winning. Like, remember, Vince fired Joe and Hunter's like, no, no, like, can we rehire him? Like, he rehired <laughs> him. <laughs> like, literally, like, what, in a few months, like, hey, I'm going to go sign this guy. Like, just behind the old man's back. Like, that's what he thought of him. And I just don't get where the dynamic is right now. And I guess to your guys' point, like, I think he drops it Sunday. Him winning adds to him, makes him a bigger deal if, yes, he's pinning Hangman. But then what's next for Swerve? Like, Swerve can't stay hot and just sort of be on the outside doing whatever. Like, what's next for him if he's not winning the title Sunday? Do we do one-on-one and then he beats Joe there? And those two have a feud? Yes, because I I don't know. I forgot what the next show is after Revolution. Yeah, I never remember either. Double, I mean, double or nothing is the is what's on the schedule, which is always there. Might be Memorial an April pay per view, I believe. Dynasty was something that was trademarked because then MJF's going to come back at some point, also. AEW Dynasty, yeah, yeah. So, 
and, and you know, and Dan here, and here's where Dan from YouTube is missing the point. He says the point is that Joe's not going to get AEW ratings. No one is going to tune in to see a 44 year old Joe, but they do turn in to see almost 50 year old AJ Styles. Okay, uh, right. So <laughs> this whole thing, like Orton, yeah, Roman, Cena, like yeah, those yeah. guys are old. So first of all, the age doesn't matter. One and two, it's not about one wrestler getting ratings. It's, right. it's not. In AW, it's about a whole bunch of different wrestlers getting raised. By the way, as far as raids is concerned, why does that matter to just the individual wrestling fan? Do you like the product or not? Unless you're in the front office of AEW, why would you care about their ratings? Again, you you probably tune into the wrong show and when we, you talk about when you talk about ratings, because it's about what we like as wrestling fans, not it's not popular. I don't think I'm gonna watch. That that's not that's not this show. Right. No. Yeah, so I, I think, uh, man, I, I, I would also, in terms of revolution, I would be, you could talk me into, and wouldn't have to talk me very hard, into Deanna Perrazzo beating Tony Storm. I agree. Like, I, I, I'd be into that. Like, and not that, that I think Tony's thing has run its course, but I think Tony can do her thing and, like, doesn't need the championship. And this women's division has once... Once big business happens in the middle of March and Mercedes Monet is here, what? like this women's division, we were just talking about the WWE women's division. This division also has an opportunity to pop. And by taking the belt off of Tony Storm, it allows you to me, okay, Tony's a big enough star. You can tell stories around her thing. Keep giving her these little vignettes and, and keep her relevant. And then with Deanna as the champion, okay, we can tell a different story over here. I think you can start branching off of this and having different women's stories within their division. Reportedly, Mercedes is coming back. It just might have been a coincidence. There are two dollar signs when they saw Boston. <laughs> the other one I could be talked into, Garcia. Like, there's so much of like, oh, is he going to do it? Is he going to do it? Could they put a title on him and just say like, all right, he finally wins a big one? So that would be Edge coming back and being a part of that, like some, you know, and costing Christian the match, right? Yes. Who, who's that? Oh, I'm sorry, Adam Copeland. Yeah. <laughs> the rated R superstar. Yeah. I'll just start calling him that. How about that? That translates That translates to every promotion. And, isn't that something, Gabe, that he was able to hold on to that? <laughs> like, he held on to that trademark. It's like, wait a minute. <laughs> How did you get that trademark? Rated R superstar and the music. Huh. Well, so apparently, because apparently he's like really good friends with. Um, uh, now I'm blanking on the name of the band because they still have that band. Um, they do the entrance for WWE over for Judgment Day. Oh. Like that's uh, Alter Alter Bridge. That's, is that what it is? That's it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. So that's I could be talking to Garcia and like you do that route and then you could still do Copeland and Christian and do their own thing. Like putting a belt on him wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. So you know what? I like this conversation because a lot of different possibilities. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what they consider their WrestleMania. I guess it's I guess it's double or it's all out or all in. All well, I guess it's gotta be all in. All I think in. it used to be Wembley, all out. Whatever like, Wembley me, is. <laughs> yeah, all yes, all out in Chicago to me used to be their WrestleMania. That's when a lot of big things seem to seem to happen. But if they're gonna do Wembley every year. It's their stadium show, right? Like All In is now their WrestleMania, and it's also now the week before All Out, which kind of gets forgotten. So, yes, All In is their new WrestleMania. Yeah, so I guess whatever they consider this, this should be yet another card, and there's some question marks out there. Could we see Swerve be the champion? This is going to be fun on Sunday. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, It's funny. We talk about Elimination Chamber, which was so chalky, and you had the overwhelming favorites, and all of them won. 
you look at this card and there's few matches where you say, oh, well, this guy's definitely going to win. Like, I feel like you can make a case either way. And then, of course, the all-star scramble where the winner gets a world title match. Here's where Tony Khan is making a mistake and he's behind. You know, where's my meat madness, Dan? That's it. That's it, Gabe. This is supposed to be meat madness, but then you've got a number of big guys that are on the on the injured list, and so this became a scramble match. But here's well, the, the thing. weird part about that, by the way, so it was announced Hobbs, Wardlow, and Lance Archer was meat madness, yeah, triple threat, and then triple they said, threat, "Oh, there's injuries, so we're going to do this instead." All three of those men are in this new match. But today on the media call, apparently Keith Lee and Miro were also supposed to be meat madness, and both of those are unavailable. Be- because of injury. Yeah. But but but, Damn but it. the problem Man, this would have been awesome. But the problem is you're months and months behind. That's the problem. We were all in Chicago for Starcast weekend. You recall this, right? That's not a fever dream. All three of us were together. <laughs> that's accurate. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's correct. Yes, in Chicago. Yes. yes, we were all there. We were all there, Gabe. My point is is that that Sunday for all in out whatever. <laughs> Uh, whatever. Uh, yeah, in Chicago. And in, in Chicago, uh, all Chicago. Uh, at, at that show, I mean, it's it's terrible. But I remember all out in Chicago is because it's the brawl out. Like brawl. I honestly remember uh, that's okay. that's that's how I always remember brawl. The difference between all in and all out. But all in, the first one was in Chicago. That doesn't help. That's correct. Yes, <laughs> I was also there. But also, so but but brawl out happened in Chicago. So that's still in Chicago. All ins in Wembley. I guess my point is that's where the meat chance started. Right. But that's yeah. in September. Wait a minute. Now you're coming around to this in, in March? Right. And the solution to injuries, like, it's not this match. The All-Star Scramble, this is who we have announced so far. Jericho, Hobbs, Wardlow, Hook, Lance Archer, Brian Cage. And you'll have two more between Magnus or Matt Seidel. One of those guys definitely going to get a world title shot. And then either Penta, Brian Keith, or Dante Martin. Someone's getting a world title match out of those group of men. Like, okay, so here's the thing. If we were looking to add Miro and Keith Lee, like Brian Cage is right there. Like just have Brian, like just right. have it a four. Like Brian Cage is still meaty enough. Or just like, and then the add three um, you have then, announced. Then add Brody King. Well, just no throw or, or throw Brody King. You still had plenty of meaty men on the <laughs> roster. We still could have done meat madness. Give Gabe his meat. That's my point. Meat, 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 meat. What happened there? What's going on? <laughs> what happened there? Um, so, <laughs> so here's the difference, guys, between AEW and WWE. Triple H will look at that and be like, sorry, guys, you're not in the card. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yep. But AEW, everybody, everybody get on the card. Everybody get a payday out of Greensboro. Everybody. Nope. That's not. In, in, in WWE, more than half this card's cut. You want to be on the card? Be on, like, Raw or SmackDown. But you we're not going to have nine matches. Sorry. So looking at this group, like, is this how Wardlow gets a world title shot and then gets thrown away and loses? Yes. Uh, that's the favorite, right? That's I imagine. Favorite. It has to be. Yeah. has to be. They're not giving Lance Archer a title <laughs> shot. Nothing wrong with Lance Archer. Hey, hey. Look, look, hey. look. Hey, look. I yes. Hey. Hey, preach into the choir Whoa. here. Whoa. Love Lance Archer. You know who doesn't love Lance Archer? AEW yes, doesn't accurate. love Lance Archer. I just don't want Jake the Snake Roberts heat on this show anymore. I don't want. The, I don't. I don't. I don't want the smoke when he came on here before. I don't want that. I'm gonna be nice to Lance Archer, please. So you don't want Samoa Joe versus Magnus for the AEW World Title in April? 
I don't even know who that is. Don't worry, I don't either. <laughs> but if he beats Matt Seidel on Friday, he's in this match. <laughs> Why is Matt Seidel getting an opportunity to get an opportunity? I don't know. <laughs> was that CM Punk Matt Seidel we saw on a Friday? Was that you recall that guys? Like it was like uh, the YouTube version of Rampage <laughs> against SmackDown. It was head to head, and that was the match. I think it was CM Punk so. Matt Seidel, and I, it just it was the weirdest thing. Like Tony Khan thought, I'm going to put. A YouTube show, SmackDown, <laughs> head to head, and Seidel and like Punk was the match. I'm like, what is this? Confirmed. If you type it into Google, the first video that shows up was CM Punk able to keep undefeated streak alive against Matt Seidel. You gotta click and find out. I guess we'll never know. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> what do we got at number two? Brian? Sticking with Revolution and uh, well, not quite young men, but Sting will have his final match. We saw him descend from the rafters last night. What is your favorite Sting memory? So the thing with Sting for me is, so when I, in in my formative years during the Monday Night Wars, I, I did not grow up with cable. Like I didn't have cable. So I, I did not watch a lot of WCW. A lot of the early WWE stuff that I watched was a friend of mine. Like I would watch it in batches because my friend would tape a bunch of Raws and then give me the, the VHS, and then I would watch all of those. And then when SmackDown came to UPN, like I was, I was the happiest kid ever, right? Like, because now I've got regular television and I've got wrestling. Like every once in a while, I would get a taste of what the WCW was if I happened to be at a friend's house on Monday or a Thursday night for Thunder. So like I would every once in a while get that taste. So like growing up, like I was aware of Sting. I, I knew, but I didn't get to see a ton of Sting. So I, I think I really re I guess really did a deep dive into Sting when he first showed up in WWE because then they, you know, did, did a, as they do with, you know, when people show up, they kind of feature matches on the WWE network and they had the entire WCW library. So I was able to kind of dive in after, but like while Sting was at his, the peak of his powers in WCW, I just was not as familiar as a kid with no cable and no access to WCW or Nitro. Okay. So I go back with Sting going back to 1987. And cable did not come to Chicago until 1990. But on the syndicated television, we got the Universal Wrestling Federation out of Oklahoma, run by Bill Watts. And boy, you talk about it felt like college basketball or college football in a wrestling ring because all of those matches came from Oklahoma and the Mid-South, Louisiana and all that. And it, the crowd was at a fever pitch. So I saw Sting, and he was this bleach-blonde guy. He was part of a group called Hot Stuff International. And that was what Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert, uh, with Jack Victory, Hollywood John Tatum, Missy Hyatt, Rick Steiner, and Sting. First time I saw Sting was in a tag team with Rick Steiner. And they were two young guys, right? Young, hungry, aggressive guys. And so I watched Sting. I'm like, okay, yeah, you know what? Big guy, blonde, great. But he comes to the NWA, and it was so different than anything else the NWA had. During that time, it was Ric Flair against Dusty Rhodes or Ric Flair against Barry Windham. You know, great matches, especially Flair and Windham. But Sting comes on the scene, and because wrestling kept, was kind of, you know, Dick Murdoch and Dick Slater and Terry Funk, it was kind of the same, you know, men yeah like, like real men just like just regular tights regular boots you know and just wrestlers 
Sting comes on and provides something completely vibrant, guys, like bleach blonde hair, and he's got muscles. He's 270 pounds. He's got these unique tights and didn't have the traditional boots. It wasn't like the boots you tie up. It was just like the slip-on boots, you know? It was just like, who is this guy? And he became such a big baby face because he didn't look like the wrestler of the day. He didn't look like 1987. He looked like 1990. Think about this. In 1990, you had Sting on one channel and you had the Ultimate Warrior on the other. And funny that how both of those guys were tag team partners, the Blade Runners, when they first came into the business in Memphis. So when I saw Sting in his first match against Ric Flair, his first singles match in the NWA against Ric Flair, Clash of Champions won March of 1988. The Clash of Champions won was against WrestleMania. You had this show on TBS. I go to my friend Antoine's house because I didn't have cable, but he had the big-ass satellite dish in the backyard. I go to his house to see Clash <laughs> of Champions won, and I see uh, Flair and Sting, 45 minutes, that goes to a draw. That's the match where Sting was maimed because Flair carried, carried him but helped him along. Sting was still green, but he was strong, and the fans were behind him. And he didn't look like all the other kind of wrestlers in the NWA. That match put Sting on the map, and that made Sting at some point become the heavyweight champion in 19... What was that first match against Flair? 1990, I think, or 1991 when he became the heavyweight champion of WCW. So... That's my match, Flair against Sting, where it's in Greensboro, and Flair and Sting go 45 minutes to a draw on TBS, no commercials, and it was pretty awesome. So that's the thing for me, like sort of the gauge point coming up the same era, like the 90s. It's weird to think about it, but like Sting in the rafters is like how I remember Sting. And mm -hmm. it's obviously hard to disconnect from like how terribly the ending went and how they sort of like wasted things and that Starcade match and things like that. But the intrigue and the storytelling of him up there every single week and him not talking and him taking a lifeless DDP up with him to the rafters and yeah. that sort of stuff is like how I'm going to remember Sting. And the other thing I'll throw out there is this AEW run has been so fun. And I don't know if it's JD because there's been a couple times where like I've been there in the presser and hearing him where he seems so appreciative of what's happening right now and being able to go out like this and not be buried by the WWE, you know, logic and things like that like that's been pretty cool to see so that that's a part of it right like because as like I, I was super excited when he came to yeah. wwe like I, when he showed up at the, yes. at the survivor series like super excited when they did the unveiling when they were going to do the the statue and all of a sudden he's under there like they did some cool things and then he wrestled triple h at wrestlemania and it's like oh right like hey wwe okay. won <laughs> And then, yeah, well, yeah, Monday Night Wars have come to WrestleMania 15 years late. <laughs> cool. Um, Terrible. Great. Yeah. Cool, guys. So and it, that just kind of fell flat. And then he gets injured with the buckle bomb when he, when, then when he wrestled Seth Rollins. And I think the reason why he's probably so appreciative of this is because, I mean, there was a while there. You just didn't know. I mean, he went into the WWE thing. Um, I, I'm not even, I think he probably wanted to wrestle once, maybe twice, and that be it anyway. But then he gets injured. It's like, oh, okay, now this is probably just not going to be an option for him. And so for him right. to come back and do what he's done, this this run in, in AEW has been fantastic. They've used him yep. in the perfect way on his way out. They've been able to protect him. And they've allowed him to also have some really cool moments 
in this run in AEW. You know, they built up, I mean, Winter is Coming is one of the things that they do now. That was his debut. You know, that was like the big debut, Sting debut episode for AEW. I think it's, of, of the criticisms that we levy towards AEW, Sting is definitely not one of them. They've used Sting and the way they've done Sting is the absolute, just perfect way for him to go out. I will say, I believe it was Players Tribune, but Darby Allen wrote a piece about what it's been like to work alongside Sting and the whole like, hey, never meet your heroes, like throw that out the window, how cool that's been for him. And the other thing to be worried about is Sting, I believe today said, oh, people are going to be talking about that match on Sunday and I'm going to do things that you couldn't expect. And We've already seen Sting sort of push that line for a, what, 64-year-old? Yeah. I'm a little worried about how he goes out on Sunday, but I think the Bucks will be a good opponent, and I think that will be a good way to sort of showcase his final match. I would say, guys, that when you think of WCW, and this is another topic we, we, we may get to, may never get to, but think about WCW. If you're doing a Mount Rushmore of WCW, not the NWA, WCW, yep. the Mount Rushmore would have to be Rick Flair, yep, Hulk Hogan, because mm-hmm. he's the one that turned heel when he did Hollywood, have, yeah, Hollywood Hulk Hogan, specifically Hollywood Hulk Hogan, um, Booker T, because he was five time WCW champion. I mean, he just it was very consistent. I know we kind of are tainted by the Vince Russo years, <laughs> all that nonsense, but Sting's on that list too, on for Mount Rushmore, because Sting could have jumped to WWE during those Monday Night Wars and he did not. He could, right. And Vince asked him, but you know, the one thing about Sting as we get ready for revolution guys is that everywhere he's been, he's been loyal, whether it's mid South, the UWF, then the merging of that coming to the NWA, NWA to WCW, WCW to TNA. And we forget about those TNA years. He made AJ Styles. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, can go, you can go on YouTube and see AJ Styles against Sting. Sting loses the match. Point is though, is that, he made it a young AJ Styles because AJ Styles beat somebody. He beat Sting. Um, so then from there, he goes from TNA. You, he goes away from wrestling for a while. And then he comes to the WWE. That was nonsense, as we just documented. It was all horrible. Um, and then just coming to AEW, AEW did right by Sting, something I can't say the WWE did for The Undertaker toward the end. Yeah, but that's the thing. I think Sting is in that boat with The Undertaker of like the character and like he definitely had more reimagining. But like he told CBS Sports where if Sting versus Taker was done right, like it's one of those matches we'd be talking about forever. Oh, no, that's that's that. that, I mean, I guess in my lifetime, that's the biggest wrestling regret in my wrestling lifetime that we never got Sting versus Undertaker. That's and I don't know if there's anything else that's particularly close. Right, and I think that speaks to what Sting is. So we all talk about where Taker is, you know, in terms of characters, there might not be one better. And the fact that you put Sting in that same boat and that's one of those matches, that speaks to the greatness of Sting. Yeah, I just, I mean, there's so many matches, guys, and we don't have that much time to go through it. But, I mean, I think I was thinking about Flair Sting in Clash 1. I was thinking about Sting against Vader. Sting against Cactus Jack. Yeah, I got Sting versus Cactus Jack. That's one. When, <laughs> um, I, when I did a deep dive, I probably yeah, back in 15 or 16, whatever it was, like yeah. Sting versus Cactus Jack. And maybe that's because I'm also a Mick Foley stan. Uh, yeah. But Sting versus Cactus Jack was really good. Just a, a lot of great matches. But just Sting just being a good human being in a really weird business like pro wrestling. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, zero scandal. He goes to TNA, right? I mean, he, I mean – he he becomes Joker Sting. 
just out of nowhere, just becomes totally different. He's quiet in WCW, as you mentioned. He didn't speak for a year plus. He finally gets the opportunity to be champion. Eric Bischoff screws him, where it's supposed to be, all right, Nick Patrick, when you get down to count to three, you know, just make it a regular count. Hogan tells Nick Patrick, don't quick count him. One, two, three. You, we all remember this, right? Sting, no tan. He's out there. He's been in the Raptors for a year. He finally gets the opportunity against Hogan, and then Sting loses. Completely screwed, but still stay with the business. He could have left, but stay with the business. But out of everything that he's gone through, he stayed loyal. Bad creative, mediocre creative, with TNA, with Bischoff and Hogan, he still stayed true. Leave it, Hogan, man. To his, to his character. So, this is a tough thing in a great career. Bleep and Hogan and Vince, just God bless America. Like, why are those two guys just constantly making wrong decisions? Do we see a face paint change on Sunday? Is there any color in there? Uh, I like to see bleach, bleach blonde sting. Can we get that? I don't know. I don't know if the hair will work yeah, the same. I don't, I don't know. Cut it. Cut it. <laughs> Give me a bleach blonde sting. I, I mean, if he cuts it, I don't know if it's coming back. Right. It's a risky move there. I think Conrad Thompson asked him at Starcade, "Can he do that?" And Sting's like, "I don't think I'm doing that." <laughs> I'll, I'll put on the I'll put on the red, white, and blue jacket for you. Yeah. But I'm not going to put on do the hair anymore. We got the rafters last night. I feel like we need some touch of nostalgia on Sunday. Um, yeah, the rafter thing was yeah. great. The grafter thing to, to close it out last night was great. Okay, you want some nostalgia? Let's bring in Sting. Uh, rather, let's bring in Sid. Let's bring Sid Vicious back. Let's bring in RoboCop from '90. There we go. <laughs> let's do. Let's do that. I mean, that's all part of this thing to set a crow on the arm. A crow on the arm. Shockmaster. Shockmaster. He's around. He is. I will throw out a sort of unrelated, but with Sting. Uh, Dark Side of the Ring tweeted out a clip of uh, Haku Ming, whatever you want to call him, seeing the Shockmaster debut for the first time ever. Haku knows how to laugh, and he laughs a lot watching that clip. I cannot recommend it enough. Go check that out on Twitter. X, yes. All right. Oh. There you and go. Haku, make him, keep him laughing, please, before he kills you. <laughs> right to the throat. Throat. <laughs> what do we got at number three this week, All uh, right. In the WWE world, we are continuing on that path to WrestleMania. That's the next stop. What are you guys currently most looking forward to at WrestleMania? Uh, I mean, this will probably change every week. I think if we ask this question every week, um, right now, I would say it's probably Rhea versus Becky. But if you'd asked me two weeks ago, it probably would have been Bailey versus EO. So again, I I think it just kind of depends upon how they do telling some of these stories. Um, But right now, right now, I think it's Becky versus um, I think I'm going Becky versus Rhea is the thing I'm looking forward to. A lot can change in a month. Who's winning that match? Uh, I think it's Rhea. Rhea. Ripley, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, at least that's who it should be. Okay. Just remember, WWE is about legacy championship runs, pal. <laughs> that's a good point. You have to, Once you win a title, you have to hold it for three years. It's a three-year minimum at this point. Rhea Ripley will be <laughs> champion through 2030. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so will Gunther. Good Same thing, right? God almighty. I mean, well, no, so that's the other thing. Well, you guys can give yours, and then I can give my, my no, Gunther. Go ahead. What, what's your thoughts on Gunther? Well, so it just, with all these people seemingly lining up for Gunther, like this is this is the WrestleMania I think he loses it because they're setting up for what was probably about, at, at this point, a decade ago, 
But they they were doing a thing where it was the intercontinental ladder match. You know, that's what Brian Danielson, when he came back, WrestleMania 31, he won that ladder match. They did it a few years in a row and kind of got away from it. I think that's what they're setting up for. I think they're setting up for an intercontinental uh, ladder match, and that's how Gunther loses it, and that's how they're still able to protect him. Guys, just between the three of us, hold your nose. Priest cashing in on Gunther. (laughs) It did feel like that, right? (laughs) I, I thought of game when I that swear happened. Like, oh, I swear to God. No, I swear to God. I swear to God. If Hunter does that bullshit again, he cannot win Booker of the Year at any of these things. All right? That is money in the case. Like, no, that's money in the bank. You challenge for one of the world championships, damn it. No, you don't go for the Intercontinental. You don't go for the U.S. title. Hell, you don't go for the 24-7 title. All right? Let's not do any of this BS. I'm sick of it. I am sick okay. of it. Those seeds were planted on Monday. They're just okay. spreading them there. Please don't get hot. Please. We know that you slap teammates. So please, please. Don't, please. That was for the kids. Please don't get, don't get hot, please. Don't get hot. You saw what we saw. First of all, just unusual, right? It is the judgment day. And then it's Gunther and, and his group, uh, Imperium. I'm like, Boy, now who's the baby face here, right? Right, yeah. And, he, and then like Priest, it has to be have to be held back on Gunther. I'm like, you're cashing in for the IC title. <laughs> well, <laughs> what else is he supposed to do? One champ's not medically cleared, the other one's not there. He's running out <laughs> options. I'm just telling because we've been wondering, like, okay, how does Priest fit into all this WrestleMania picture? He doesn't fit into the title <laughs> picture at all. I mean, Sami Zayn fits more into it than Damian Priest, and Priest has the briefcase. <laughs> I mean, like, there's a path for Zayn because he keeps trying to get in there. There's a path for for um, for Drew McIntyre, Seth Rollins, you know, like Cody Rhodes, Chad Gable, yeah. <laughs> like like Chad Gable. Everybody's got a path, right? But then Priest is like, hmm, I see title looks pretty good. I see title. Wow. That's what you've been holding. You're seeing your money in the bank. Act like it. I mean, I, one of you guys threw it out, I believe, last week. I'm still on board with the Rhea cash in. That one makes the most sense at this point. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Slop, you're right next to me. You know what? I'm cashing in next to you. you know, yeah. I'll beat you. How about that? Yeah. Holy smokes. Like, I mean, God, that would be better than going after the IC title. <laughs> that would be better than going after the IC title because at least, God bless it. No. God, I, I hated every second of that on Monday. I uh-huh. hate it. I hate it. Gabe, Gabe, they planted the seed. Because why else would you do that? Yep. All right. I'm praying for a drought then. I'm just. <laughs> I'm praying for a drought so that seed doesn't come to I'm plant. just like, because you have a very hot. Can't because you have a very hot wrestling temper. I'm just trying to tell you. So, so just be careful. Like this, they plant that seed like that's going to happen. I was like, whoa. For the, uh, and by the way, nothing against Intercontinental Championship. Gunther has been a fine champion. I'm saying that briefcase is not for that. Right. That's, no. So. No. Can you imagine Cody going up in that? You know what? I'm not challenging. I'm letting The Rock take my spot. Instead, I'm using my opportunity from winning the Royal Rumble to challenge Logan Paul. What? Logan Paul. <laughs> you. What? I don't. What? What? No, you. No, that was last year as a U.S. title cash in. This year's the IC title cash in. It's unprecedented. Like it's just. Yeah, I mean, it's a better golden ticket than what what winning the Royal Rumble is. Like it's a better golden ticket because you can just do it anytime, anywhere. Catch him off guard. Go get yourself a world championship. 
if if they do go in that direction, they're being disingenuous with what Money in the Bank is. It's the it's the cash in for a world title shot. Don't try to redefine yeah. it now because now you're not now you're not going by the letter of the law for the what's in that briefcase. Yep. No. Um, no. We're gonna st- we're gonna have to start like a university. We're gonna have to start classes. We're gonna have to start teaching what you do with the money in the bank briefcase. I will teach the class. All of a sudden. <laughs> Don't, don't do what Damian Sandow did and don't say, hey, I'm going to wrestle John Cena ahead of time. Don't cash in for a secondary title. I mean, all of a sudden. I think that's it. I think that's it. That's the yeah, list. I mean, all of a sudden, Damian Priest is in Orlando and he goes to a referee and Booker T says, oh, sookie, sookie. Oh, sookie. Uh-huh. He's, he's challenging Dragonoff for the NXT title. <laughs> Priest and Dragonoff. Wait a minute. <laughs> I think... Well, but again, I think that would be better because we've at least on the women's side, um, Charlotte used her winning the Royal Rumble to cash in on the NXT champ. So at least there's precedent yeah. for that, I guess. And then, you know, you want to be on the CW as the NXT champion. It's just up and coming brand. That would kill the, the Judgment Day deader than midnight right there. That would, <laughs> that would kill Judgment Day. I mean, no, one thing for I, Dom to win it. Right, Dom winning one of those titles in NXT, but ju- but like Priest is going through airports. He's traveling internationally with that thing. He's got to put that thing and go through customs with that thing. And he has to carry two tag belts unnecessarily. Oh my God! Only to win- be the IC title holder. Oh man. I do feel bad for Gunther that he's sort of left out right now because like that has been such a highly pushed title, and there's stuff out of his control why he's not getting a marquee match, but. I guess a ladder match could be fun with just a bunch of people thrown in. So again, Tater says they advertise Money in the Bank as a championship opportunity. They don't specify world champ. Yeah, and they advertise the winner of the Royal Rumble as main eventing WrestleMania. So I guess you don't even have to pick a champion to do that, right? That's a good point. It's implied it's for the World Heavyweight Championship. The Vince phrase of championship opportunity, it's implied it's for the World's Championship. World's Championship. I, I was okay. Um, what What are you guys looking forward to at WrestleMania? Let me Let me take a you know. Let me kind of give me a second to cool down. I agree with Becky and Rhea. If they're given time, I think that should seal the show. But then we talked about it earlier. Logan Paul and Orton should be really good. I imagine it's for the U.S. title. Like maybe Orton gets one more title run, but like that should be a damn good match with those two. I mean, it's not booked, but it's, that's what I expect to happen. Yeah, I feel like that's where we're going. Yeah, I think that should be. I think that should be. A great match because I think both wrestlers are smooth. Um, so if they do that, though, where does that leave KO? Because it seemed like they were trending in the direction of a rematch at WrestleMania. And especially, you know, the way, again, they released on social media then of him writing Kevin Sucks, drawing the picture of Kevin. Like It seemed like he was antagonizing Kevin Owens only to turn around and cost Randy Orton. So that kind of leaves Kevin Owens on the outside looking into That's yeah. a weird spot. I feel like we're going down the path of either we have some big names left out, like a Kevin Owens, or we get a lot of multi-men matches. Yeah, he could host it. It's fine. Uh, I mean, no, I'm just saying, like, it's just, I mean, I can't take another K- KO has been intense, and he's done well. But I don't see a dance partner. Yeah. I, no. At this point, unless it's something between now and WrestleMania, and again, we got to wait for that. But at this point in time, I don't see a dance partner for Kevin Owens. Which is unfortunate because he's been such... I mean, he's he's main-evented night one of the last two WrestleManias. Right. 
Hey, look, if you're not going to do anything with Sami Zayn, like I know that he thinks he, there's a path, he's not going to be in the world title picture, then why'd you split him up to start with? Like, Zayn, to your point, bro, it's because I know you're a Zayn fan. He had his time in Montreal, great match against Roman Reigns. And just without the bloodline, just kind of just floating along, yeah. losing matches, winning a match here and there. Like, 50-50 on Sami Zayn doesn't work. Make them a tag team again if you're not going to do anything with these two. That's all I'm saying. Well, I feel like if he wins the IC title, I guess that's a moment. Like, if he's the one that ends Gunther's run. Sure. And if that's one-on-one, that match will deliver. But it does feel like that'll be a bunch of people thrown in there at this point. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of it, it kind of feels like they're lining up. And I think that, again, because it feels like they don't know what to do with Gunther. Yeah. And they, they, they want to protect him, right? Because they want him to be this next monster guy to go after, you know, whether it's the universal title um, with Cody after WrestleMania, whether it's, you know, the, the, the World Heavyweight Championship, whatever. They want to protect him, and the way to do it is that multi-man match where he doesn't, you know, it's a ladder match, so he doesn't even get pinned, he doesn't get submitted, any of that. It's just somebody else who climbs the ladder, and he happens to lose at that. That's the other thing right now. Like, I'm trying not to get my hopes up because I've sort of accepted the last few years that WrestleMania is not for the fans like us. WrestleMania is for the casual fan. But if this is truly Hunter's first, like, this feels like it's going to be a really good wrestling show. Like, both women's title matches, if we get Orton and Paul, uh, Rollins and Drew, like it should be a really good wrestling night. I'm just trying not to get my hopes up too much at this point. I, I saw your tweet on that and I chuckled because yeah, because you tweeted that out and said, "Looks like this is shaping up to be a pretty good wrestling show." Yeah, yeah. yeah. What what what's supposed <laughs> to be right? It's supposed to be right, but it still is. Yeah, but has it? I mean. Well, when's the last time WrestleMania was a really good wrestling? Oh, show? gotta do some research on that. Sure. Okay. It's been a while. Yeah, I got to do some research on that because, and by, and this is why Gabe loves the Royal Rumble, right? Over WrestleMania mm-hmm. is because of what we just talked about, uh, like actual spectacle. No, wrestling versus right. spectacle. Right. Yep. And that's it. Like we'll still probably get some sort of celebrity thing thrown in there, and like I don't even count Logan Paul in that department well, anymore. But I was about to at this point, like Logan Paul, kind of like scratches Logan again. Anytime you get Logan Paul and Bad Bunny, you're able to like scratch. That, oh, this is the mainstream guy as well, but then they can also deliver in the ring. They're like the best of both worlds. Triple H's dream. Well, I guess to that point, I guess Dwayne counts to that. Like maybe we don't get any just random celebrity thing. Like I guess the biggest action star going is sort of that celebrity thing. Yeah. Like again, yeah. Dwayne, Logan Paul. Again, if you find a way to somehow get Bad Bunny involved, like – you you honestly cannot do better than those three <laughs> in their respective arenas. Like they're they're about as big as you get for crossover. McAfee will do something. You know yep. what? That's a real great cost savings. <laughs> it really is, right? When Vince had to be able to buy stars to come in and going back to WrestleMania one. Hey, Liberace. Hey, Billy Martin. Right. Hey, Rockettes. <laughs> come in, right? You get a payday. Now it's like the stars are coming to them. Can we come to see WrestleMania? Yeah. And by the way, can you do something on camera for us? Yeah, no problem. It's WrestleMania. <laughs> it didn't cost anything. It's a great savings. You don't have to you don't have to pay stars anymore because stars will be there anyway because it's WrestleMania. They just want a box seat someplace. That's all they want. <laughs> that is pretty crazy. Yeah. 
What do we got this week in news and notes, Brian? All right, we'll start with some sad news. A couple deaths in the wrestling world. Yesterday, Michael Jones, better known to the wrestling fans as Virgil, passing away at 61, former million-dollar champ, NWO bodyguard, and a tag team champion with Rocky Johnson when he was Soul Train Jones. And earlier in the week, Ole Anderson passing away at 81. He was left out of the Hall of Fame induction, but an original member of the Four Horsemen. Oh, me. Um, so <laughs> the show historian. Yes. Yeah, we. Oh, we, <laughs> oh you're, you're old. Give us a talk. Um, well, we'll start with Virgil. I'm not going to go, but before Virgil came to WWE, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to do that because even that's murky for me. Like okay. this that what that Soul Train Jones did before he came to WWE, I have no idea. I all I can say is that Virgil was named because it was a rib on Jones. Virgil, the real name of Dusty Rhodes, that was a that was a rib on Ver, on Jones. Say, hey, we're gonna call you Virgil because that's Dusty Rhodes' real name. Virgil goes to WCW. They call him Vincent. Why? Because that was a rib on Vince. Because that's Vince's real name. So, just brutal, right? So that, witty. Yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah. No. So so clever. Was, you know, he goes to WWE. Well, hey, let's let's call him. You know, Dusty Rhodes' real name. Go to WCW. We call Vince. Vincent, stupid, right? Yeah. His his biggest highlight is that he got his comeuppance on the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. Is there a Ted DiBiase Million Dollar Man character without Virgil? I mean, someone had to be his bodyguard, driver, assistant, his muscle, and I think that the two of them worked well together. And so it, later on in life, where he ultimately becomes a meme, Virgil, um, and does all the the wrestling conventions pretty cool because he got popularity from that so you know rest in peace virgil uh, a guy that was part of something we had never seen before ted dibiase who was just a good wrestler comes in and pretty much is vince mcmahon right because that, that was vince's gimmick like hey here's an idea ted i'm gonna give you money everywhere you go and you're gonna spend it and people are gonna know who you are Give a $100 tip to this cab driver. Give a $500 tip to this restaurant. And people are going to have a buzz everywhere you go. That's a million-dollar man. That's a million-dollar man. Ultimately, that was Vince. And Ted was living through what Vince wanted. And Virgil was part of that. There you go. The weird thing with Virgil, and maybe it's just remembering it different, because like I was a little younger as it's coming up, he feels like one of those guys like should have been a Hall of Famer. Like The way they put in some of those... like popular characters like at Coco Beware, the Bushwhackers, things like that. He would feel like was on that level and was such a big part of that era. Uh he put he will now. Yeah. He will now. Um Ole Anderson. And it's always a shame when they end up doing right. that posthumously because like there's there's no reason why you couldn't have done it. They all think that, they, you know when you see these characters you think they're gonna last forever. But they actually have lives and health issues. Right. <laughs> so you might want to take care of the people while they're alive, right? Um, Ole Anderson, one of the greatest tag team wrestlers of all time. He and Gene Anderson made the up the Andersons. They were very popular in the Carolinas under Jim Crockett. Um, Ole Anderson was very smart as far as his booking. He could work as a babyface or a heel. Uh, and obviously one of the original Four Horsemen, uh, a complete asshole. That's why he was not part of the um, of the Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. Yeah. I mean, they, that's why they would put Barry Windham in instead of Ole. Ole was up in age and started losing his marbles a little bit. Uh, and also a raging racist. Back to you. All right. 
There you go. Moving on in news and notes, some new WWE signings. Tuesday night at NXT, we saw the re-debut of Sean Spears, who was formerly Ty Dillinger at NXT, but it appears he is Sean Spears again. He left AEW back in December. And also Dave Meltzer reporting Tama Tonga is WWE bound, the son of Haku. Super interesting that he's going to go by Sean Spears and they're not going to make him go by Ty Dillinger, the perfect right. 10. And because he was such a popular act in NXT as that. Um, but coming back is Sean Spears. So clearly wanting to have a, a, a separation of that character. I just, I found that interesting that he's going to be back in NXT, but as Sean Spears. Also with the chair. So I guess the whole chairman gimmick still a thing. I mean, I probably would have left that behind, but that's just me. He should have. He should have stayed. He should have went back to Ty Dillinger because he was over as Ty Dillinger. I mean, it's a funny thing about WWE, especially in that time. A hand gesture, music like Rob, like um, glorious Bobby Roode. It was uh -huh. little things, right? You know, just kind of things like that. He should have been Ty Dillinger, but as Sean Spears, not as appealing. Not as appealing. Yeah. Um, you know, I thought that when I first saw that, I thought he'd be a trainer. Hmm. Well, maybe that's why you did the NXT thing. Like, hey, you can still work, but also, you know, you're essentially a trainer. That's what I, that's what I thought. And so, so yeah, good for him that he's uh, back on the scene. With, uh, with AEW, it worked to an extent, but he could never get through that glass ceiling. Just yeah. couldn't break through. Just another guy. Elsewhere in WWE, three straight weeks of The Rock on SmackDown. Tomorrow night, March 1st in Glendale, Arizona. Next week in Dallas, Texas. And then March 15th in Memphis, Tennessee. Three straight. Wait, what about March? What about March twenty second in Milwaukee? Three straight. March fifteenth on Memphis, Tennessee, the third one. Oh, okay. All right, yeah. cool. Cool. So they're just gonna wave the white flag up against the NCAA yeah. tournament. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. All right, sweet. Um, no, I think that's great uh, to get him to commit to those three straight weeks. Um, again, you're going to be interested to see what he does. What is? What does he do to follow up on the previous promo? What does he do to respond to? Um, Cody Rhodes' challenge that was issued in Perth. Like, th there are plenty of things for The Rock to do and answer, and I'm sure he's going to do something that causes some sort of reaction on Monday, and you have this back and forth, and I think Cody's going to be showing up to some of these SmackDowns as well. So plenty of questions to be asked, uh, answered with the bloodline before we get to WrestleMania. Good to see The Rock out there. Of course, you know, Cody challenges The Rock for any place, any time. Will The Rock wrestle in any one of those shows before WrestleMania? Ab absolutely not. Yeah, nice. I, I think that's going to be night one at WrestleMania with The Rock and Cody Rhodes. But it's going, to good, it's going to be good to see The Rock out there, though, because you're on the road to WrestleMania. You just want more people to tune into Peacock because it's not about tickets. <laughs> it's not about that. It's just trying to just keep it yep. going so people can be there to watch both nights. And it guarantees it, by the way, that it's not like, oh, Rock's going to be a night two. I can, I can pass a night one. Watch both. Because you never know. Yep. And finally, if you've enjoyed seeing CMLL wrestlers than AEW, I've got some bad news. Uh, according to reports, 19 different CML wrestlers and a referee are said to have their work visas canceled by the U.S. government this week. Obtaining new visas could take months or up to a year. So, so I'm, I'm so glad that Atlantis Jr. got his opportunity before he set him back down below the border. So yeah. Atlantis uh, Jr. got his opportunity. He did. Congrats, Jericho. I, I'll give I'll give AEW credit though, Gabe, Brian. At least they told the story before Jericho and Atlantis. Sure. It's usually just a cold match. Here's Atlantis Jr. Who the hell is that? Right. <laughs> at, at least they told a good story, right? About Chris Jericho as a young yeah. man in CMLL. I'm like, 
That's what we've been looking for. Now it makes sense. Okay, we still don't need the match, but nope. at least there's a story. Right? <laughs> at least there's a story. I right. really enjoyed that match, but yeah. No. Third story. Yep. <laughs> what did you have? Speaking of matches, hey. what did you boys have as your matches of the week? The Women's Elimination Chamber. It was the best uh, match at uh, Elimination Chamber, surprisingly. Um, I, I thought the men's was better than the women's. And maybe it's just because I couldn't get over the start of Becky and, um, and Naomi. Uh, Naomi. But I, I just maybe I couldn't get over that start. But I, I thought that kind of held it back. The, the women's elimination chamber, for my money, was the best match on the card, followed by Rhea Ripley and, uh, and Nia Jax. And by the way, this is nothing against the men, but I think that when we were making our predictions, I had no idea that Bobby Lashley would take the first pinfall. Holy smokes. What happened to Bobby Lashley? Like, oh, yeah. Gone. Yeah. So that, um, and we can go around the horn, guys. But, I mean, that's that's one match. And we saw a lot of other really good matches as well on, on Raw and also on AEW Dynamite. Yeah, I had a bunch this week also. So I'll go outside the normal shows. Uh, New Japan World, I did cancel. So we got that. Nick Namath, David Finley. Main event, Nemeth now a New Japan champion. And it's funny because if you listen to him on the Jericho podcast, he was a little worried about working the New Japan style. And he's like, let's see if I've got it. Like, I don't haven't really worked outside the WWE bubble. The man still got it. The man can work. Formerly Dolph Ziggler. And we're going to see him a lot more in indie shows these next few months. That match delivered. I got a lot of I got a little travel this weekend. And bro, it's hit me up, Gabe, and said, you got to watch this match. Yeah. So. I'll be watching that on the on the flight this weekend. That's for sure. I was like, who pays for New Japan World? They're like, oh, Jay Hood. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> Jay Hood hasn't figured out how to nope. cancel it either. Nope. Um, <laughs> nope. Uh, Powerhouse versus Sammy, yeah. the opener for Collision last Saturday night. That oh. was wholly unnecessary um, for a random uh -huh. Saturday night. I'm thankful it happened. Don't know why it happened, but very thankful it happened. And hey, look at Powerhouse won a yeah. match. <laughs> that might have been the best match in the history of the Ozarks. They're, they're in <laughs> Missouri, and I'm like, wait a minute. What's going on here with this match? And, and by the way, and then you want to capture an audience, that's how you do it. I mean, yeah. again, oh yeah, in, in the <laughs> AEW, in the history of the business, no one has the best cold matches than AEW, boy. <laughs> No rivalry, not really. Just you know what? Tables, ladders, chairs. I mean, eh. they, they they tried to explain it of like, oh, the you know, the the Don Callis family is trying to eliminate Jericho and Sammy Guevara. Right. It, but it's also like a feud. throwaway line by Shivani halfway through the match. Remember he was sort of in the group, then they did the tag thing, they did this and then that, you know, feud's only been going for about seven years. Uh, FTR and uh, Eddie Kingston against Blackpool Combat Club. Uh, fantastic. That's how you open a show, boy. Yep. That's how you open Dynamite. That was uh, great in Huntsville. How about this one, SmackDown? Street Profits and AOP. On oh, SmackDown, yes. Yes. Oh. <laughs> like, Street Profits have sort of declined the last year or so. AOP, we know the potentials there. But I feel like with everyone gone, it was a tape show. It's like, all right, you four, just go do something. And that's what they did. I mean, they had to do something. Otherwise, SmackDown was like a largely skippable show yes. because you're running it. And then like less than 12 hours later, you've got the premium live event starting. It was about so, an hour 45 of video that they packages. To do and then you had that match in there also. <laughs> 
Uh, I put Sky versus Statlander last night. The the ending was, um, you know, you ended up having a little bit of a different ending, but I thought the two of them in the ring, like it was really good action. I, I thought it was my, my favorite women's match. Surprise finish too. Yeah. And also, uh, we talk about improvement. Like Sky Blue, like has improved. Like there used to be those little botches here and there. Like she's gotten so much smoother in the ring. Yeah, someone's got to represent Chicago. Let it be Sky Blue. <laughs> and a great guest on GKW, by the way. That's right. right. Check out the page. Um, Imperium against the New Day in a street fight. You may be tired of this. I'm not. No, back, that was fantastic. Back in the day, by the way, this would have been a DVD set, right? <laughs> They've been wrestling like 10 times. This has to culminate to a cage match. I'm going to tweet Triple H. I'm like, okay, <laughs> we're going to end this with a cage match. Not the one that you got to climb out of to win. No, I need them to beat the hell out of each other, and I want blood to end this finally, right? It's a, it's. I mean, I love great tag team wrestling, but that street fight has put New Day away from the bootios, away from the comedy. Those guys are getting after it. They got their working shoes on. How about Kofi showing? Speaking of working shoes, Kofi showed up in jeans. Yeah, he's man was wrestling in it's jeans. He was going to work. What you got to do? <laughs> and it's funny, and this is why this is great, great uh, storytelling. Imperium doesn't understand. They're still in wrestling gear. Like, where's your T-shirt? Where's your G? Like, no, the ring is sacred. The ring is sacred. Like, you're going to get your ass whooped. You better put on some jeans. (laughs) My favorite thing was Kofi putting the knee pads over the jeans, too. Like that. I don't know why. I really enjoyed that. Old school there. Yeah. I am curious about the ending, though, because that feels like a Mania pre-show also. Like, there's no room for those four guys right now. Put the cage up. Let's show for the yeah. free show as everyone's still hell yeah in. just bring it yeah hey man get there early you best you best get your ass there early as people are trickling in here comes the cage lowered from the <laughs> boom 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 my god it's a steel cage steel cage like, yep damn right because we're gonna end this right now blood it's philadelphia you better yeah. see some blood man it's philly <laughs> that is fair. my last one also tag team wrestling judgment day versus tyler bait and Butch Pete Dunn from Saturday. Uh, I'll throw out Sammy versus Shin from Monday Night Raw as well. Like those yeah. two just really work well together. I thought they they did a really good job of uh, again a couple of false finishes. Sammy getting the foot on the rope, beating a couple of Kinshasas, but still ended up winning at the Shin end. Shin also so forgotten I, at Mania, really right? That. Oh, Shin's been forgotten at Mania <laughs> since he won the right. Rumble, man. Shinsuke Jabamura. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really a shame. Did they? So they're just going to keep jobbing him out, yes. right? Because they were trying to show they were trying to show Okada that they could still showcase a <laughs> Japanese wrestler. But now that Okada is going to end up over in AEW, they're just like, oh, okay, we can just go back to jobbing out Shan now, right? Yep, that's what happened. Yep. Some reports, by the way, Okada okay. next week on Dynamite. So you might get him next week. Mercedes Monet the following week on Dynamite. And then Will Ospreay wrestles this weekend on uh, pay per view. Uh, Will Ospreay, one of the great, one of the greatest wrestlers in the world. Here you go, Huntsville. <laughs> Huntsville. And Delta lost the man's bags, bruv. Don't worry, he got him back. <laughs> he got him back. The babyface promo. I love that. The people are into it. I'm just yeah. like, oh, he's he. I mean, I guess technically he's a heel right now because he's in the Callis family. That ain't happening long. <laughs> he is breaking free of that on Sunday. I will predict that right now. He is. No longer going to be a member of the family after. And I will predict that matches of the week next week. We will mention Will Ospreay's name. Yes, because somebody got to wrestle on Rampage. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, when we do it next week, it's going to be other than 
Takeshita and Osprey, what were your matches of the week? Uh, don't forget, if you listen to this via podcast, if you uh, just ch- kind of checking us out for the first time, comment, subscribe, YouTube page. You can check out the video feed we put up every week with this as well. YouTube.com slash at Good Karma Wrestling. So, you know, give us a uh, comment. Subscribe as well over on YouTube. Uh, we're going to be reacting to Revolution. We're going to be reacting to the road to WrestleMania. So make sure you check us out next week right here on GKW.